So welcome to another episode of the Shredder Show. Very exciting. This we've already had a chat for about half an hour. We could talk for about four hours. Uh, I've got uh, Andy and Julia Hawthorne, two of our amazing clients who have absolutely crushed it over this year. They live uh, a very flamboyant and exotic life. They're currently away on holiday in the Caribbean and uh, they've had some incredible results. I just want to share with you their story, where they've come from, what they've done and who they are, because I think they have a lot of uh, experience and can talk from a point of where they've come from and how they've basically changed their lives and actually allowed fitness to become a big part of their life. So um, thank you very much for your time, Andy and Julie. Could you give the guys, the listeners, just a bit of an insight into who you both are? Because you both have very interesting professions. Hey, you're first. I'm Andy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we live in Austin, Texas, and uh, uh, for a living, I'm a, a, a surgeon. I do trauma and, and the surgery of the belly. Uh, practice also includes some weight loss surgery that we do. But we're both in the medical field. And Julia, I'm Julia, and um, we've been married for twenty, almost well, twenty three years or so. And I'm a dentist in Austin, and we have two girls, two teenage girls. So that's all in a nutshell. And, and talk about like where you were at the start of the program versus where you're now, and and what really brought you to make this change. Obviously, Andy. For me, it was, uh, when I've talked before, it's just a matter of, because of my profession and, and career and overall, I feel like I'm a pretty mentally strong uh, person. Um, and the one thing that I never could seem to, to, to conquer was my own health. Um, you know, for, for brief windows here and there, it would, it would, it would come into to, to, to play, but never consistently and never over the long haul. And I decided in the last year that that's it. I, I 46, it's too late. I got to do this. And, and I just committed and, and came across uh, the program, uh, and it, it, it was a, more I, I chatted, read about it. It's a great fit for me. I bought into it, and here we are, eight months later, and you know, a, lot, a lot, a lot smaller person than I was was then. Uh, I tell you, when we joined, um, when I joined, it was uh, two weeks before a trip to the Bahamas, uh, and I. I'm all in. Either I'm in or I'm out. And, you know, you gave me a plan and involved certain meals. And I think you said it was like eating like a dog and the same meal every time. So in the Bahamas, I went and ate the same chicken and rice every single day. And it drove her nuts because she was on the plane. Uh, and she felt like it, I wasn't enjoying life and this and that. And then two months later, she joined. Well, <laughs> the reason that. Yeah, and after that trip, I was kind of, I was frustrated. I was frustrated watching him, you know, just like shut down something that we really enjoy, which is traveling and enjoying food and, you know, just being with our family. And then I saw his weight going down and down and down. I was like, holy crap, he's going to be as, like, my weight was up. So I was watching it get closer and closer. I was like, I have got to do something. So, um at 46, so we're both 46, almost 47. So I've struggled with a lot of um, back issues. I've had some back surgery. And as a dentist, I kind of deal with it all the time. And always, always my surgeons, doctors, whatever have said, you really got to get your core strengthened. That's the key to your back. And I was afraid. He was like, you should do this plan. It, you know, I'm getting really strong and I'm finally off this plateau. I think it'd be good for your back and your core. And I was really nervous to do it. And I just, you know, I did that initial call and I just said, you know, I'm afraid to lift heavy weight because I'm afraid my back is going to go out. And so, um, 
I have to say, I've you know been on the program for almost six months now, and Jade, my trainer, has had a similar back issue and knee issue, and so she just coached me through it, and I've never seen these abs <laughs> in my life, in my life, and uh, my back is I'm not worried about it at all because I know the right form. I know you know, how much to lift. I know, you know, that I'm strong enough to do it incrementally and all that. So and she lifts heavy. I do. I lift heavy. I lift more than those teenage boys that I see in the gym every day. I want to stop them and go, don't do it that way. <laughs> so. But that's a, that's a huge win though. And that, that, I think it's one of the big um, issues I see. There's so many people are worried about hurting the backs or doing the wrong things. And that's because generally lack of guidance and knowledge, which now like, I think you agree that you now have those skills for life, which means then you can like stay fit and strong for life. Because if you look at why people die from old age, it's invariably because they get weak, they fall over, they break their hip, go into hospital and die from some sort of complication. So like right. literally you learning these skills and motor patterns and then getting stronger and being able to maintain that is going to add like tens of years to your life, which is awesome. We've said that to each other, like this is our own contribution to health insurance you know, just staying fit. And, you know, as we travel and kind of see different couples around, we, we go, we don't want to be there. Well, we travel we a lot. We want to be able to do anything we want to do and go anywhere we want to go and hike and, you know, just. A lot of people wait till, you know, retirement to travel. You know, they're 55, 60, 65 to retire. And that's who we'll see a lot of places we're at. And, and most people that we see are not in shape to be traveling at 55 or 60. Um, and so we want to make sure that, having 60 we still look like we're 45 and 50 and can travel and enjoy the trip actually and actually do the things that are fun which usually involves you know walking the towns or the stairs or you know mm -hmm. seeing seeing the locales and that requires some level of fitness i think to enjoy uh, it's an interesting conversation because you guys travel so much we spoke about it a bit before um jumping on here how have you found managing the fit the quote-unquote fitness lifestyle whilst traveling any insight or tips for anyone on that I'd say that, you know, we always, the last four or five years, we would kind of pay attention to where we were going and, and was there a gym, um, you know, but not to the point where now it's, it's part of what we do. In fact, you know, we recently were in Greece and, you know, we post on, on the elite coaching uh, Facebook, you know, anybody have any ideas for Greece for gyms and it was crickets because it turns out there's not very many good choices for, <laughs> for gyms in Greece. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think that, that uh, yeah, it, it's become an important part of our travel. It's, you know, we want to make sure, and, and like we just said earlier about heavy weights and listening to one of the other coaches, Dan, talk about move heavy things. We're not just looking for gyms. We're looking for gyms that have appropriate, you know, things for us. So I'm not wasting my time in the gym. But no, it's it's been a journey over six months. We've probably been, we've traveled probably six times or seven times in that six months, once a month at least for three or four days, and if not a week or two. And uh you know, a lot of times it involves bringing a bunch of white powder on planes <laughs> <laughs> and getting questions that we, you know, we pack our, our protein and, uh, and, and things that we think we can't get at the location that we're at. And then, you know, we, now we way lean towards um, a place with a kitchen. You know, before we would just go to a hotel, but now even if the hotel has a little efficiency kitchen, it's huge for, you know, rice or whatever we might might need to be. You can get a chicken breast anywhere, yeah. um, but, you know, the rice or, or tortillas or whatever it might be, that's our carb for the day. We've learned to, unfortunately, 
you have to pack it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, and also, you know, going back to the very beginning where I was frustrated with him in Bahamas when he was just you know, doing his thing, I was now, I recognize, you know, that the battle that I was dealing with was not necessarily in the gym, it was in the kitchen. And 80% of, you know, this body has to do with what I put in it. And so I feel like it's a no brainer. Like that's just gotta be part of it. And, um, you know, we, we eat 21 meals every week. And even if we're on vacation, if we make the majority of those healthy choices and we're cooking and we're following, you know, what we're supposed to be putting in our body, then we can enjoy those meals out or those desserts and a little bit more. I would say we do pay more attention. I think Dan has said this before, or maybe it was uh, Jeremy that, you know, if we're going out somewhere or we're going to be traveling, we do pay more attention to the menus ahead mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll lean towards more of a, thank you for a steak, a good steakhouse. I lean more towards a steakhouse because they're easier to get a protein ad and, and, mm-hmm. and vegetables. But if we're going somewhere that's not a steakhouse, we, we definitely ahead of time kind of have an idea of what we're going to aim for when we get there and the protein we're going to go after. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if there's a dessert that catches our eye, you know, how am I going to accommodate that throughout the day <laughs> <laughs> of there? But no, I think it's, it's to, to your it's initial planning. question, it's, yeah. we, it's way bigger part of the planning now than it ever was when we travel as far as, you know, is there a gym? What are the food choices? What are the grocery store choices? And do I have a kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what's important thing is just being conscious of what you're doing. So even like, it just reminded me of, I think with me yesterday or the day before, like you said, you had a cheesecake the other day. I think Sunday I had, I really wanted the maximum ice cream. So I went on two walks that were like an hour and a half long. Ice cream's something like 300 calories or something. I've easily burnt more than that. So it's like, right. if I want to have an ice cream, it's not going to make any difference, right? And that's right. Um, where you just understanding how like simple energy balance works. So it's like, okay, I want to have this food item. If I'm just a little bit more active today, then it's not going to make any difference. And then not stressing about that too much. I think that running, that running, you know, calculator in your head uh, is important, which, you know, we both have in our head now. Like, where, where am I at for the day? And do I have room? And, you know, if I do have room, how am I going to make up for it? And I think those are things from before that never crossed our minds that are definitely always, I mean, most of the day we're talking about Charlie Johnson, which is a problem. But <laughs> we wake up and wake up and go, what's your plan for the day? Where, what workout are you doing? Can we go together? When are you doing yeah, pre workout? Yeah, we're trying to time yeah. out our meals. And, There's a know, lot of planning. Between what Jade gives her and what, what you give me, we're, we, we try to do the much as we can together. She's a morning workout and I'm an after workout, so we're definitely there. But, uh, <laughs> but well, I, I think what, what's important then, you can tell, and this is what's awesome, is like you guys enjoy doing this together. And that's mm-hmm. what's super nice to see because um, sometimes in couples, you almost get a conflict where almost a scenario has sort of happened here where Andy starts getting awesome results, he's dropping body fat. And then Julia, like, fuck, like, what's going on here? And obviously, you're an amazing supportive wife and you would then wanted to join in. Whereas some people will then be like, Andy, you need to eat the cheesecake. You need to stop doing <laughs> going to the gym. Right. Like, like trying to sabotage you and be like, I don't uh, want you to lose any more weight. Um, but I think that's just testimony to both your like growth mindsets and how you both obviously clearly have the same values and same vision for life. Well, I knew from before being married for 23 years, I knew if I committed and I got down, if I started to get comments and we're going out and anybody starts saying stuff about me over her, it pisses her off. So it started to happen where they were <laughs> noticing me and not her. And then every time that happens, she immediately makes a change. And that's what happened again. And, you know, and then I think now, now it's put back where it, where it should be, where they notice her first. <laughs> 
<laughs> or less clothing. Yes, that's um, true. <laughs> I think that that is, and when, you know, my friends say something or whatever, I say, you know, one of the biggest keys to the whole thing is that, is that you do it together because it's, you know, it takes a lot of support. It takes him going, oh my gosh, I want to eat that cookie. There's a baker. Let's go in there. And I'm like, mm -mm -mm, no, we're not doing that. Um, and he does the same for me. I mean, we just, we're in the kitchen together, which is something that in 23 years of our marriage, we, it was usually, you know, me doing this or him doing that, whatever. And every night we're in the kitchen together cooking. And so it's just like, I feel like we're more together, which is, which is great. Well, that, and I'll tell you the honesty, I think a strong yeah. marriage matters or a strong support system, be it a mm -hmm. friend or a girlfriend or, or whatever, you know, we had to have the conversation early on that, you know, that no more, she's, she tends or I tend to be defensive about a comment. I'm like, yeah. that's got to go away. If right. I tell you, you don't put that in your mouth. I'm not being an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you're eating like an asshole. You know, it's like, mm. But you're doing uh, it out of kindness. Right, yeah. right. And so I think that's been a challenge for both of us. Even yesterday, I was, you know, I was doing my post-workout, you know, uh, cereal <laughs> and a couple of pebbles and I poured a little extra more and she sat that on my hand. I'm like, but I want a little bit more cereal. <laughs> but it's, you know, and even though I know it's from a place of love, <laughs> it's it, we're paying attention to what each other does and and you know i know ultimately that she's doing it you know as a benefit to me and, and likewise it's like parenting you'll thank me later interesting you said about parenting how have your kids said anything of this has it impacted their behavior at oh all? gosh it's a struggle i mean it so teenagers in general are a struggle but <clears throat> girls and trying to help them I think what, that's one of the main reasons that he started doing this and that, you know, I do what I do is to provide an example for them of a healthy lifestyle. Like this is what it looks like. And, you know, I've asked Jade a couple of times, Hey, write a plan for my girls. And she's like, no, just cook with them, cook for them, teach them, you know, what it's like to eat the right amount of macros and encourage them to have activity every day. And they actually have started, um, you know, mom, I want to, you know, they see me and they're like, whoa, okay, maybe I need to get it together a little bit. And they um, have started lifting with us some when we go out to the gyms, they come outside and, you know, we do the same routine and I've coached them on what to do and what not to do. And um, obviously they're eating with us at least one meal a day. They're eating with us and it, but it's a challenge. I, I, I There's would, a balance. I would, I would take a different stance and, and yeah. I've heard heard you had a you've had a bunch of conversations and podcasts with people about uh, education in the United States educating mm -hmm. children how, and, and the one that always comes to mind is I can't think of her name Amanda something um, uh, she, she, I, I follow her and she, she was great you know she talked about eat, eating like a dick or eating like an asshole that was the show about and y'all you know, disagree a little bit on on you know what causes childhood obesity in the United States and yours was lack of education in the school system in general and, and I tend to agree that way you know what's I've noticed with our two girls and it's social media you know it used to be that you know the social media was bad because it made them all want to be like models right I think what we struggle with is I did this as a for my own self but also as I want to be an example is that now I think I think everything uh everything's okay and that's what we're fighting here in the United States now and, and maybe you see it there too is you know now you walk into Victoria's Secret or you walk into um, any store and they have traditional models. Size. 
yeah. and they have plus size dolls, right? So now my girls thinks that I'm being mean if I say that that model is obese or, or fat. Like, no, no, that's okay. You, you know, own your body. You know, you have. I, I hate to mention names, but um, even even some some musicians who are owning the big, right? Um, and that's kind of what our girls relate to. It's like it's okay to be big, you know. It's it's who I am. And versus when dad comes in and says, "Hey, you probably don't eat, eat that. Don't eat that." Or you're, or you know, the, the first response our girls are is, "You're calling us fat," and that's inappropriate. I'm like, no, we're not calling you fat. We're trying to help you make good, healthy decisions. Um, but I think we're fighting that. Like the parent parents yeah. are fighting that the, that norm has changed. Like there is no normal. Skinny is normal. Fat is normal. It's all okay. It's funny. Well, it's, funny it's funny you saw that because there was something I saw yesterday, and I wanted to chime in and share about it and go off on it. But I, I think the the plus size model. I agree that everyone should be able to look nice and do whatever. But I think there needs to be a a fairly obvious consensus that if you're 50 pounds overweight that's not good for your health and that needs to be very clearly stated that okay yeah you can be happy and you can be fat but you, like how many 500 pound people do you see a 60 years old not many yeah. you don't and that's for a reason well, that's what i say to brooklyn or to my our daughters i just say you know i'm glad that she's has a healthy you know self-image but what's going on inside like what's mm. going on with her heart and you know is, is she able to you know, go hiking when she wants to go. Probably not. You know, so we talk about it. Just have open. Well, I think it's a struggle with when when, yeah. when all they hear is it's okay to be big. Yeah. It's okay to look this size. It's okay to that we make clothes for for all size women. That's great. And and men too. There's plenty of that for the men too. But I think you're right. There has to be some consensus. Okay, it's okay to a point. There has to be some line. It's obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here's and an issue. One. Do you think? Do you think because you're from Texas, you're you're more aware of that whereas I, th I find for some other people in very in america very like politically correct that uh, you, you can't we are the opposite you can't be like oh you're not allowed to say that someone's fat when they're fat yeah. and like if you come 15th in the race you still get a medal like that for me in my opinion is what sets people up for failure in life later on because yes. when you go to the real world you're just going to get smashed and you don't know how to deal with it yeah. No, I still, everybody gets a, everybody gets a medal. Everybody gets a trophy here in Texas too. I mean, you know, when I coached my daughter's soccer team, you know, and the league didn't allow us to have winners and losers, but when we lost, I would tell the girls, no, you lost. Yeah. <laughs> you, you lost. You didn't score That's enough. That's part, part of the process, right? You can't always yeah, win. But I, I think the, I think norms are going away everywhere, right? You know, they don't, they don't want there to be a normal. They want there to be, everything is normal. And I think when it comes to health, like you said, you know, Yes, everybody has their own challenges. And yes, you know, uh, we shouldn't, you know, just because somebody's overweight, they should be discriminated against and this and that. That being said, there should be a strive to be healthy, you know, whatever healthy is for that person. And I think we can all agree in the medical world that, that there is a consensus of, okay, we're kind of getting past what we think is inside the, the uh, average, you know, plus or minus two deviations from, <laughs> from, from the average. And I think that's the struggle our kids always come back with, like, it's okay. It's okay that I look like this. And, and we're like, yes, it is. But, you know, is this going to be the best decision for you in 20 years or 30 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what? one thing that you have said to me over and over is that you wish maybe that your parents had been a little bit more strict with you so that maybe you wouldn't have had the struggle, the lifelong struggle that you've had. You know? Well, and I, I, often look at her and say you know mm -hmm. i think when we're when the kids think we're being mean to them and saying that they're that they need to lose weight that 
you know, it's a fine line between being a bad parent because you're telling your kid you need to lose weight or you're the worst parent to let them gain weight, yeah. you know, which, which, which is the, which is the happy medium. And yeah. I, I don't know, it's just tough, tough struggle as a parent. And, you know, I feel, I feel personally that, that, that I, I'm a worse parent by letting them gain weight than I am by telling them they should lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that may be not what everybody feels, but, um, I feel it's irresponsible of, of yeah. parents to let their kids get to be 50 to hundred pounds overweight. Well, yeah, I think it's, um, you have to be cruel to be kind, right? And then in the long run, people will thank you. And as almost you were saying then about like, if you'd had the, the knowledge maybe you have had learned over the last six months, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have struggled with maybe your weight for such a long period of time. And that's what you can instill sure. now in your children so that they don't have 20, 30 years where they're yo-yo dieting and, and maybe struggling with that. For sure. From um, it's something interesting you said before. So I think it's interesting to talk. Point is um, from obviously both come from a medical perspective that, that there was not a huge amount of um, education based around that, uh, and you've learned a lot on the program in terms of practical application of nutrition in terms of how you can actually use weight and lose weight and how food really works. When we so our education, I'm a dentist, and, and my dental education, nutrition was a pretty big part of it we had a nutrition class but I would say the nutrition was based around you know how not to get tooth decay and how not to have gum disease and things like that so so that aspect of nutrition is very different than you know we learned how you know certain foods metabolize you know with the saliva (laughs) and that's kind of where it stopped Um, so you know the backside of this program that y'all have with all of the education and nutrition education, understanding our, our body and how, you know, what, once it goes through the mouth <laughs> and the rest of the digestion and how, how we break it down and the macros and all of that is, is totally new for me, you know. And I'd say from the, from the medical side, from yeah. med school and, and training that, that there's a lot of education that goes into, you know, not what you should eat. But when you eat, here's how the body handles it. Mm-hmm. You know, here's how digestion works. Here's, here's how, you know, here's where protein gets digested. Here's where carbohydrates get digested. Uh, there's a lot of energy put into, to, to, you know, not, not what you should put in, yeah. but once it's in, here's how the body handles yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course there's a traditional U S food pyramid that you, you see and this and that, but I would say overall, there's very little education put into mm-hmm. traditional uh, medicine uh, regarding, you know, um, hate to use the word dieting. I think it should be nutrition. It should be, you know, just healthy yeah. nutrition. Um, you know, when you're out as a surgeon and you offer weight loss surgery, you know, what's what are you offering before that? Uh, and right now, you know, it's insurance company based. Insurance companies require, you know, a three or six month diet plan before you have an operation to get approval. But there's no standardized diet plan. It's just as long as you go check the boxes and you showed up every week for a weigh in, you can get your approval for weight loss surgery and and uh you know you and i both know that weight loss surgery can work but it can also be easily beaten mm-hmm. um with you know, liquid carbohydrates or or, or or high carbs you can beat it you can beat most weight loss surgeries pretty easy doesn't fix the root of the problem right does mm-hmm. not uh, and that's the big habit uh, an interesting question what, what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned from the program that you didn't expect to learn <laughs> well i think Having been on, you know, a lot of different diet diet plans over the years, I think what's what I've learned is you really need a balance. You don't need to cut out one group completely in order to have, you know, this result. That you know, 
if you want to, you know, I, I really also learned that underneath this massive layer of fat was, was this, like, I mean, I'm lifting a lot, but I, I don't think I've gained so much muscle that it's just overpowered. I think really I've just shed a lot of that excess, you know, fat that was laying on top of this body. So, um, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I don't know why I go back to, to Dan because he has all these Danisms that, that, <laughs> that, that come out in these podcasts, but you know, a couple that stand out, you know, for me, the most recent one that they're, they're hooked on is, you know, fuck being average, which I think is, is a great, great general <laughs> motto for any gym to have up on the wall. Uh, but no, I think often, I think you said it and I think you said it, you know, it's, 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 it's dedication, not, not motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I discipline. Think, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and anybody can, can do something for two, three, four weeks, but to do it for three, four, five, six months, be on a cut for six or eight months, which I never thought I'd be able to do or to pull off. I think, you know, it, it's, 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 it's hard work. Um, and I think dedication and discipline is, is ultimately what it comes down to. As far as what I learned the most, I think I've, I've learned more about myself than I have learned maybe necessarily about the program. Um, the program has been, you know, like I have not talked before that I've, I've learned more about, tri- you know, nutrition, macros, um, the, the basic science than I ever learned in, yeah. in, in, in my traditional med school training. Yeah. And maybe I didn't listen well back then, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this time I paid attention to more and it's the repetition of hearing it over and over again. And, you know, something as simple as the macros, you know, and Julia's is right that most, most traditional diets these days something's being cut the vegetarian are cutting out a lot of stuff and the pescatarian are cutting out stuff atkins are cutting out stuff but here not really cutting out it's just proportions of each macro um and i think that's why i related to it as much as i'm not i'm not cutting anything out i can have carbs i can have some fat i can have the protein and that i think makes it seem more realistic you know, to me um i know that's a long answer to what what i've learned mm-hmm. the most uh, but I think I've just, it's just been the whole process of dedication and I learned, learned about myself. Now, I, I know you both have been referral machines and lots of your friends have been signing up. What would be a question that you would, uh, what would be the answer? We get a lot of people who sit on the fence, like, oh, I'm not ready to change. It seems really scary, like starting something completely new. And I understand change is a scary thing. What would you say, what would your advice be to anyone like that who's sitting on the fence about trying, not necessarily this program, but something new generally? Yeah. Um, so when I started the program, like I said, I was afraid that I was going to hurt my back and all that. So what I mentally, and I didn't tell Kate this, I decided I'm going to do this one week at a time. Like I'm going to make it to the end of the week and evaluate, you know, did it work? Have, um, have my metrics changed? So I would say to somebody who's afraid of, of changing their diet, first of all, I've feel satiated I feel satisfied after every meal I really do I mean the food is easy but it's just break it down just don't think of it in six months think of it as um every just once a week just make it to the end of the seven days and then plan again I I would say I'm more the pessimist um you know and I I think as you and I we talked before that you know the two most common questions I get where am I getting divorced and what's the trick uh and uh the answer is there's no to both. <laughs> uh, there's no trick. No, there's no trick, and no, I'm not getting divorced. Um, but uh, I, I think I tell them that that you know, yes, this program is is fantastic, but you need to commit to it. Like any program, you need to commit. But if you'll commit to this program over other programs, this program is designed 
to make sure you don't fail. I mean, there's fail safes every Wednesday, every Thursday, sorry, every, every Wednesday, every Sunday, Sunday, there's a fail safe phone call to get on it and, you know, pour your heart out and cry and complain get or, or get remotivated, whatever it might take. If you have, you know, access to, to you or one of your, your trainers 24 seven. Um, I think, you know, even if, if, you know, they joined on and, and initial trainer may not be the perfect fit, there's a way to get them around of somebody that might be the best fit. And you'll learn over time, the different trainers you get through. But I tell them that, yeah, this, this is the program that I think everybody should be on. However, it requires dedication like anything does. And, uh, um, and you have to, you have to commit to, 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 I think putting the time in to learning the CJ way. Yeah. Um, and that includes those phone calls and committing to what, what does refeed mean? What does cut mean? You know what are all these things and i think if you don't make that effort i think it's a challenge he's so funny when when we he I, you know i have lots of people that want to that ask me what are you doing what are you doing i want to do it and so i connect them with you guys and he goes who did you send this week he goes oh no no she's not gonna do it <laughs> well it's just human nature you know it, you just know who's, who's psychology yeah. right you know it's it's i think you know, we, we have had good results and, you know, mm-hmm. you know 40 pounds, anybody is, 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 is visible and easy to see. But, you know, I think most people assume that I did something, a trick, I had surgery or I did yeah. something quick to get this way. And, and that's just the, the sad assumption of what people assume versus, you know, the hard work I put into it, that I didn't miss a, a gym day for six months, mm-hmm. that I didn't come off the plan for six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what I want them to know is, yes, I did this. And yes, I put effort into it. And if you do too, you, you'll get the same results. Mm-hmm. No one sees what happens behind closed doors when I was watching. Oh, that's for sure. For sure. Um, I appreciate your time, Master, guys. That was super, super inspiring. I'll give a lot of people a lot of value. So if anyone who found it helpful and enjoyed the episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review and, and share us with a friend. And if you need help with uh, success, like both of us have had, then feel free to message me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or wherever you want. And we'll see you in the next episode very soon.